Hello, and welcome to the IMG Podcast, where we are dedicated to empowering IMGs through deep diving conversations, inspirational stories, analysis of match trends, and beyond. Our mission is to help you learn what it takes to succeed and to thrive as an international medical graduate. So I think we'll give everyone a minute, but while we're kind of just waiting for everyone to get settled, I think Sherry and I can introduce ourselves. So maybe Sherry, if you go first. Sure. So, um, hey everyone. Um, my name is Sherry Walls. I'm a PGY2 internal medicine resident at Piedmont Athens Regional. I'm, I, I guess I could kind of say I'm first generation. Um, I have some distant family that was a physician, but um, I guess you could say first generation. I'm the oldest of three. I went to Ross University School of Medicine. And yeah, that's pretty much the gist, <laughs> gist of it. Amazing. And my name is Tara Jameson. I am originally from Ontario, Canada. Um, I went to, before I went to med school, I was a music therapist. Um, practiced and practiced in a pediatric uh, capacity for a couple of years, then went to med school at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland in the beautiful Dublin, Ireland. And now I'm a PGY1 pediatric resident, res- pediatric resident at Boston Children's Hospital. Um, so very happy to be here. Very happy to share uh, some of kind of our thoughts, feelings. Um, if you have questions, please feel free to drop them in the Q&A throughout the evening. Um, however, I think the way we're going to structure things, just so everyone's aware, is that we're going to go through our kind of little presentation that we've made, kind of go through some examples of letters of interest, letters of intent, go through what they are, when you send them, what you do. And then after that, we'll save kind of 20 to 30 minutes at the end for you guys to ask questions for Sherry and I to kind of talk about our experiences as applicants. So without further ado, let's get started. So this webinar is all about program communication. And when we mean program communication, we generally mean emails that are sent. Um, People don't, as far as I'm aware, at least in application season last year for me, phone calls weren't used very frequently by programs. Like I didn't spend much time calling programs. Programs didn't spend much time calling me. I think I received one or two phone calls from programs over the course of interview season. Most of my communication was by email. So this is very focused on writing appropriate emails, when you send them, how you send them, and who you send them to. Sherry, do you have anything to add on kind of what we're going to talk about tonight? I mean, I didn't have any phone calls at all um, through my program experience. It was all through email. Um, and I, I don't even think they, during during interview season, they, I think in some people say, please don't call. Yes. <laughs> They're looking at interviews. So please don't call. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of the, even, I, I mean, I'm a little bit older um, with mine a year before. And that's why we were the first group with COVID and it was no calls. It was straight emails. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's get into it. What are the different types of program communication that are often used? So the first one is kind of like your general emails. So 
These are often kind of updates to your application, quest specific questions that you have for programs, and thank you letters after interviews. So when I say updates to programs, so some people might, for example, not have their step two score by the time they submit their application. If you need to provide a mass update to your application, let's say a letter of letter of recommendation has been uploaded by one of your letter writers, you have a new step two score. This is a letter that you would send out to the program coordinators and it should be short and sweet saying, dear, insert name of program coordinator here. My name is so-and-so. I've applied to the XYZ program at hospital X. As an update to my application, you can now access my step two scores. Thank you for your consideration, your, your kind of email signature. It should not be lengthy. This is not the time to ask for an interview. This is the time to just write your one-liner. This is the one-line update to my application that I have. See you later. Bye for now. Like, those are the types of emails that update emails are. And those are sent to program coordinators. Questions also sent to program coordinators are again, short, sweet, and specific. You need to be really specific when you ask questions to programs because they are getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails from applicants. So if you are going to ask them a question, you need to make sure it's something you can't read from their program materials. So you need to kind of do a deep dive of the program's website and say, can this question be answered just by looking at their materials? Or is this something very specific to me or very specific to something that they've written on their website? Mm -hmm. And then lastly, if you do get an interview somewhere, it's very important to send a thank you afterwards. And we've included examples of kind of things that you should do and things that you should avoid um, later on in the presentation. Next, do you have anything to add with kind of those general emails, Sherry? Um, for, for me, I'm a little bit type A, so I don't have experience with updates in regards to, um, sending emails about like letters of recommendations or step scores. Cause I did my, all my stuff like a month ahead of time, mm -hmm. but based off the example that you gave for some of my colleagues, they did do it that way. Um, and they, that was just simple, simple communication. And then that was that there was no additional need to continue to send emails because you just send that one email, leave it, leave it at that. Mm -hmm. um, and as you stated as well, it's not the time to say, Hey, I want to interview. Uh, this is my step score. Or this is my letter of recommendation. Can you give me an interview? That's not the same. That's not the same email that we're going to get more, as you stated, for I said, a letter of interest um, in regards to saying, um, Hey, I have this X, Y, and Z. Etc. I'm really looking into your program for A, B, C, and D. It has to be specific for that program, not a generalized statement, because then they're going to know if you is generalized or not. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to the rest of the discussion. Yeah, and I think that it's important to know when we're talking about types of communication. Right now, we're talking about like these are the different types of emails that you can send. However. Before you send any email, I think it's very important to read the program's website because some programs write very explicit instructions about, we do not, please do not send us emails prior to X date, or please, we are reviewing all applications thoroughly. 
So it's very important because if you send an email, if an e if a program specifically writes on their website, please do not contact us, then that is very poorly on you as the applicant. So please keep that, that in mind. Right. Yeah. So Sherry, do you want to kind of take on kind of what a letter of interest? I know I've kind of written it out here, but. Yes. So um, letter of interest, I was pretty specific on sending the programs that I wanted a letter of interest. I didn't send it to any and everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, it was more specifically geared to programs I was actually interested in. Um, because, you know, as IMG, they were like, oh, you need to apply to 200 and some programs. Like, you're not going to send 200 letters of interest. Like, no. You send it to the programs that you really want to go to. So I sent um letter of interest, I believe, to, like, my top top 10 if they if they didn't already give me an interview because the letter of interest is more so some 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 people sent it before ERAS opened but by that time they don't really have any of your data or like your step scores your letter of recommendations your resume they don't have any of that so for me I sent my letter of interest based off if the program I applied to was in my top choices and I sent that letter of interest to that program and each letter of interest was geared toward that program and my reason why I wanted to go into that program and what I could bring as an applicant to that program that will set me, that could set me apart. Um, so letter of interest is basically, this is going to be, I actually sent, so the letter of interest, I didn't really hear back from uh, one of my top choices was like University of Mississippi. And I sent a letter of interest like, hey, my name is um, Sherry Walls. I'm PGY4. Uh, I'm only like I'm in, in, interested in internal medicine. These are the, you know, these are my things. I was first passed on step one, step two. Um, what are some of my unique interests? And then at the last part, I said about what what brings me to their uh, program and what I could bring to their program. And I sent that to University of Mississippi the next day I got an interview. Uh, and then I also sent it to, oh, I can't remember the, the other one. It's been a blur since then. Yes. But people actually really do get interviews based off the letter of interest. So you have to be very purposeful in what you type and what you uh, write. Um, in those letter of interest because it allows them to see you a little bit outside of your application. So um, don't basically what I'm trying to say is that yes, it's a purpose-driven email sent to program coordinators that expresses your interest in securing an interview, but you also want to put in why you want to interview for that and what you can bring to the table. And those letter of interest did not go to all 200, 300 programs. It's your top choices. And if you want to do it uh, based off interviews like I did, then that's fine. Or if you want to do it based off, you know, these are your top 10 and this is where you, you know, want to go, then I would send it there. But how things worked for me during COVID was our, our, our application cycle opened late, like end of October. So like the next, like literally one or two days, people were already getting interviews. Mm -hmm. I had already got an interview. So the letter of interest was a little bit different for us because a majority of those places already sent you an interview or they sent out their batches of interviews. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And we'll talk a little bit more about timelines of like when you send these kinds of emails on the next slide. Um, and the only thing I would add about letters of interest is again, you want to be exceptionally specific in these emails and they are sent to program coordinators. So even if they like list a program director email on the website, I would still just send it to the program coordinator and address it to everybody. That's at least my take on that. I don't know if Sherry, if you have a different opinion. No, I completely agree. Like you want to be specific. You don't want to send like copy and paste or letter of interest, oh, yeah. you know, to the top 10 or top five programs that you're look, looking looking at. You want it to be specifically for that program. And so that means that you have to do a thorough research of that program and why. Like, okay, your program gives this, this, but hey, I also have family here. Mm -hmm. Um, I've grown up here. Um, I was born at this hospital. I, you know, spent majority of my time in this period, et cetera, et cetera. Because a lot of people, especially like in Georgia, they love Georgia residents. Doesn't mean that you, if you don't live in Georgia, that you won't stay, that you can't get the um, opportunity to interview. But a lot of like uh, specific states and specific programs love people from that area so mm -hmm. use location as a good way or family ties to that area is also mm -hmm. good. so then that leaves us finally with letter with a letter of intent now letters of intent i think are kind of the most tricky of the three because in my opinion and my experience one, you do not have to send a letter of intent, but two, it is one email. Some people send two and say that you're like ranking them very highly. In my opinion, just to be like super, super safe, if you're going to send one, send one email to the program director and the program coordinator of a program where you have interviewed, stating your intent to rank them first. Mm. And like big like big, like do not pass go, do not collect $200. If you tell a program that you are ranking them first and you do not do so, that is a match violation. Big, big no-no. So if you are going to send a letter of intent, send one, send it to the program director and the program coordinator and tell them that you intend to rank them first. I have included the actual letter of intent that I wrote for my program last year at the very end of this presentation. So we'll get into like the ins and outs of like why I wrote things certain ways, but that's very important. Do you have anything to add, Sherry? Um, for me, my, my letter of intent was to my uh, top three programs. Um, and it was very specific for that program. Hmm. And my wording towards them was, I did not say uh, number one, but I said, I'm highly uh, ranking you, or I said, I plan to rank something along those lines. I didn't necessarily say my top, you are my, you are my number one, but I was very specific in the order that I said mm -hmm. it. Or I'm very highly ranking you, or I'm highly ranking you, or I look forward. So um, I wasn't as explicit with mine, um, but I, I got my number one choice. So I, I was happy at the end of the day. So it's all dependent on what, what you ultimately want to do. It's not, I mean, people say like, oh, I didn't send my letter in, in 10 or some people, you know, 
send it. Some people don't send it. It's up to you and how you want to go about it. Some people send one and they send it to their top program or some people send it to their top three or their top five. Um, but I definitely don't recommend sending more than five programs. I think five yeah. is really pushing it. <laughs> yeah, I would, I, me personally, I like get itchy thinking about like sending it to five programs. Um, so I personally only chose to send to one, but again, you've seen two different perspectives on this here and please use that information to kind of best suit you and your application. So then next we'll go over timelines. So when these kinds of things go out. So early on in interview season, if you have updates or specific questions for programs, this is the time to start sending them. And I would consider this kind of an early time to send letters of interest. You need to give the programs time to actually read your application. So like, if I, I am of the opinion that like, don't send them before ERAS goes out. Um, ERAS is already open. Um, I'm of the opinion you wait at least a week, probably two weeks to allow the programs to actually fully read the applications, get a chance to get a sense of people and then send a letter of interest if you're going to send one early. Mm -hmm. Then we get in kind of mid interview season, we're in the heat of things, you're starting to get kind of your, your interviews going, you're starting to interview, you're getting into the group of things. If you have any, this is, you continue to send updates on your application if you have them. Send questions, especially ones that come up after your interview. And finally, thank yous. Extremely important to send a thank you letter after your interviews. I am personally of the opinion, and I have a lot of opinions, that I sent thank you letters. I took down the name and email of every person that interviewed me and sent them a thank you note. Personalized the conversation that we had. I had sticky notes layering my desk with notes of conversations that we had. And I would include specific references to our conversations in my thank you letters. Yep. That is very important because it tells them that you cared enough to remember who they are, why you were there, why you interviewed. And if you have questions, feel free to include like one little question at the end of your email because that encourages them to reach back to you and you can start a conversation. That's something that I did. I don't know if everyone else would do that, but that's definitely something that you could consider. And then you can continue to send letters of interest throughout interview season. Then late in interview season, this is kind of January, February, interview invites are starting to slow down. This is your time. If you have questions about programs, you're starting to think about where I'm going to rank people, send your questions, send your updates and send your, keep sending thank yous to interviews, <laughs> to send thank yous to the people you interview with. Only send one though. Don't like send a thank you every month. Like don't do that. Um, then rank season. This is when you do your letters of intent. So your letter of intent goes out when you submit your rank list. Anything to add from this timeline, Sherry? So I think this timeline is actually really good. Um, again, with the, the, just a reiteration on the thank you. So for the thank yous, I did the same exact thing. I had a specific notepad. I had who, so the notepad was specifically for interviews. So it was who I interviewed with, what we talked about, um, 
what I thought about uh, everybody I interacted with. Um, and then for the email, so some programs, they didn't allow you to email each individual uh, person. They would just allow it to send it to like the program coordinator. So in those cases, which is fairly rare, usually a lot of the times they'll give you their direct email. But if it was just one person, I would put in like my thank you. And then for it, I, I appreciated my time with Dr. So-and-so where we talk about such such. And then on the next line, I would talk about, I talked about this with Dr. So-and-so, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's what I would uh, do if they say, for instance, oh, we only have one contact. I would just put in little, uh, basically whatever you would send from each and every person and then put it on one email. Um, with the letters of interest, like I think that's a really good time period between November and December because you never necessarily know how programs are sending their interviews. Some programs will send all their interviews at one time. Some programs will send them at different intervals. Like they'll send, okay, we have 6,000 applications and we're only going to um, do 300 interviews. So we'll send 100 uh, interviews within the first two weeks and see what we get. Then after those interviews are done, then the next two weeks, we'll send another batch of interviews. Then we'll go those those interviews. So you never know like what that program is doing and it changes. It could change year by year. Um, depending on how they want to send out their interviews, especially because everything is virtual. So, um, but other than that, it's pretty good. And again, if you're sending these types of emails, I think it's really important to read the website because some programs are very specific about if you're allowed to send post-interview emails, if you're allowed to kind of send a letter of interest, they will write these things on their website if they like if they have strong feelings about them mm -hmm. so just be i wouldn't just send these kinds of emails willy-nilly these are things you have to be very thoughtful about sending right so then this is kind of a discussion where i think it would be important if you and i talked for a couple of minutes on kind of our big do i know we've talked about them a couple of times what are our big do's and don'ts for sending emails before beforehand okay um, sorry, I'm getting a, a call from a patient. You, you can go ahead. Let me just step and get this. Yeah, you can like meet your, meet yourself to like, um, take yourself off and I'll talk about some do's and don'ts. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. All right. So do keep your emails concise and specific. Those are two very important things. This is not the time to be super long winded. I have a tendency to be super long-winded, so this is something that I had to really work on. Um, don't have typos in your emails. Please spell check them, grammar check them, use Grammarly, Google spell check, word spell check. Do like a thorough read-through of your emails. Say so do personalize any of these emails that you're sending and don't send like generic, oh, thank you. I really enjoyed interviewing at your program, um, your program, like without being specific as to what the hospital is. And if you do have form templates that you've used and you're copying and pasting from 
like a previous email, for example, to like use as a template or the kind of a something that you're framing everything off of, do not send hospital, do not send the name of one program to another. So like, don't address the email to hospital X. If you're sending the email to hospital Y, um, that's very important. And I know that seems rudimentary, but these kinds of things happen in the stress of interview season. So just be careful with those. Do send emails if you have questions, like, and if you have specific questions, don't send emails about things that you can read on the website. So those are kind of general do's and don'ts. So now we're going to get into, I know Sherry's still kind of chatting with her patient, um, but for the moment, I'm going to move on to our examples. So these are examples that we've written. Um, and please uh, type in the chat box. Uh, so please, um, this is letter of interest number one. It says, hey, program director, I'm really interested in your program. I think I like the city you're in and I want to interview. Pretty please, question mark. Thanks, TJ. This is an example of a really bad letter of interest. Like it's not specific, doesn't say kind of, anything about what I'm doing. I've included a little emoticon at the end and shortened my name. Don't send this email. What you should send instead is, this is a little bit long, but something along the lines of this, where dear Mr. Mrs. Program Coordinator, Dr. Program Director, and Pediatric Residency Team, this is me, I'm I was applying in peds, I hope this email finds you well. You're having a su successful application and interview season. My name is Tara Jamison, and I'm writing to you today to express my sincere interest in the pediatric residency program at Children's Hospital A, for example. And then in the next paragraph, just a couple of sentences, I explain why I'm interested in the program, what I think I bring to the table, and what... I want to get out of this email communication. So I kind of ended my emails with a line similar to, I appreciate that this is a very time of a busy time of year. And I thank you for taking the time to read my application and this email. I think it's very important to be courteous and gracious throughout this whole process. And I understand that your program receives many applications every year and that not every applicant can be considered. If any interview slots remain open, I would love to be considered. Yours sincerely, myself. So this was kind of, this is taken from bits and pieces of different letters of interest that I wrote last year. And it kind of emphasizes different things that I was looking for as an applicant and how I wanted to address them through my letters of interest. And these were always very specific. I know this looks very general, but I also didn't want to, sometimes share like exactly what I sent. So Sherry, do you have anything to add about this? So sorry, guys, I'm not on call, but my, uh, one of the interns couldn't remember who was the senior on call. So I was trying to help them with a uh -huh. critical question. Yeah. Uh, so gotta so, do what you gotta do. I'm sorry. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Gotta make sure the patients are safe. Yeah. Uh, so with with I think you think beforehand you were talking about the do's and don'ts of letters of interest. I um, just kind of letter emails and communication to programs in general. Okay. 
And then you were asking about uh, this in regards to like how you were writing it. So we showed, uh, if I go, can I go back? Oh, I might not be able to go back. Can I go back? I can. Okay, great. So this was what we started with. Letter of interest number one. Hey, Dr. Program Director, really interested in in your program. I think I like the city you're in and I want to interview. Pretty please. Thanks, me. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Do not send this email. Instead, this is a bit more appropriate to send. Now, I will say it's a little bit long-winded. I have a tendency to be long-winded. but Mine was long-winded just like that, honestly. Um, Because I wanted to make sure that they saw me, saw saw myself as a, you know, a person really trying to get into their program. I didn't want to necessarily be too short with my letter of interest because I also wanted to show them that, hey, I really looked into this program and I really want to be a part of your program. Yeah. So um, I think this was, this, this is perfect. This is actually very similar to um, mine, actually. The exact same setup. Yeah, this is very. This is basically the type of email that I would send to the programs, except I would write the actual name of the program and the people's names in there. Um, I just didn't want to share like the act, some the actual email for letters of interest that I right. sent a couple of them because they were very specific and they yeah. would be helpful if they were that quite that specific. So next is a thank you, dear Bob. Thanks. Have a good day, TJ. Coming at you with the emoticons again. You know. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, it's not professional. Uh, you're saying their first name. Um, you're not saying exactly what you're thankful for, and you're giving them an emoji. Like you're not on that level. <laughs> you no. gotta work, work up yourself. And even with some with some attendings, I don't send emojis. Like if we have a personal relationship, yes. Yeah. But even with that, no, absolutely not. Um, so no. This is kind of one way that you can view a thank you email. It's short, but to the point, kind of touches on some things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think that this is an okay thank you email. Mm-hmm. I think that it covers all of the important things that you need to cover, mm-hmm. but maybe isn't as specific as necessarily I would appreciate. Exactly. So then I'm going to show you thank you email number three, which was an actual thank you email that I sent the program director who emailed me. Um, It was very specific in the sense that I wrote, I hope you weren't swimming in your office for the remainder of your day. And that's because his office flooded during our interview. Um, So, I mean... Amazing, amazing interview. I will never forget it. But it, one, covers something very specific about our day that we can both kind of remember and look back and laugh on. Two, I get to ask follow-up questions that were very specific to the conversation that we had during our interview. So kind of these two, sorry, these two Thank yous. This one's not quite specific enough. And this one is highly, highly specific based on the situation that I was in. So you need to find a format that's going to work best for you. 
to kind of write these kinds of emails. Sherry, do you have anything to add? I know these two are, one of them is a little too generic and one of them is almost too highly specific to be a good example, but. Exactly. So I was actually going to say for the thank you too, like that part was good, but I would have been more specific about um, who I talked to, what we talked about. So I think this is very good. Uh, as far as like a thank you letter three, if you want to, but for me, I sent everybody that interviewed me, I sent a thank you letter. I did not care because they spent that time and yes. they thought my application was good enough <laughs> to be interviewed. So, um, I think this is very good. Um, let's see. Yeah. And I, and some, some of them, if I didn't have a question, um, I didn't. I didn't ask a question, but I I was very specific on what we talked about, what I enjoyed about the interview if I didn't have a question. But mm-hmm. otherwise, then this is pretty good for uh, thank you. Yeah. So last but not least, before we start to kind of get into questions, I'm going to show you my actual letter of intent that I sent to my top choice. And I only sent one. So this is my letter of intent that I sent, literally a screenshot from my email. <laughs> um, and it was to dear the person, the person one, it was uh, dear program director. It was an absolute pl- pleasure speaking to both of you during my interview on November 30th. I'm writing you today to express my strong interest in the Boston Combined Residency Program and to let you know I will rank it as my number one choice. The BCRP, which is kind of the shorthand remains my top choice for many reasons. And then I outline the clinic, the reasons why it remained my top choice. And then I outlined why I believe I'd be an excellent fit for their program, how their interests align with my interests and why I thought that I would be a good member of their family. Then I made this little like signature widget thing um, using hubs was, is it Hubstop? I can't remember exactly, but it was free. It was free to make the little widget, but so that's important. I, I only do things that are free. I, you know, there's lots of meds was very expensive. So I do think I like to do things that are free. So making that little widget in the bottom of my email entirely free. And it included things like my AAMC ID, a phone number, if they wanted to call me and an email and my email written again. And I have a website. So I included my website. So these were all the things that I included. Um, did you do anything differently other than I know that you said that you didn't kind of say number one choice. You said you use the language ranked very highly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for every email I sent, I always had my picture, my name. Uh, basically, I had everything you had. I just didn't have a widget on every email that was sent. Um, so, yeah, it's similar to that. It just says. It's just not as pretty, but <laughs> yeah, it was on every email that I sent. Great. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, now is the point in time where Dr. Wall and I are, you can find us at our tags here. We're also both featured on different things from Master Resident. And this is the point in time where I think we're kind of going to do some Q&As. So I see seven Q&As in the Q&A box. So the first one is from Kevin Sanchez, and they write, 
Should I send an LOI to a program I flagged? If so, how should I address it? Now, this question is specific to applications this year because when Sherry and I applied, this program flagging didn't exist yet. Exactly. So I think the important thing to note is that Sherry and I don't have life experience that we can share with you about this particular question. I can only speculate as to what I would do in the situation. Sherry, do you have anything to add or do, or do we want to speculate? I'm happy to speculate, but. I, I honestly don't know anything about the flag. I, that's a new thing that they started. Um, I'm assuming that the flag is like you're ranking them highly or you're really interested in them. But I'm not sure how that works. Like, does it mean that they can see that you flagged the program? Like, they can see you. They can see it that you flagged them. Yes. So my understanding of the flags is that certain specialties, limited specialties, PEDS being one of them. So I've talked to a couple of current MS4s who have been rotating with us on our services who were submitting applications. We're very stressed. So I can appreciate the amount of stress that you guys are under. And thank you for taking your evening to come and chat with us. Mm. But the flags are like little indicators that you can send to programs saying, you know, I'm really interested in your specific program. Just as a little flag, a little nudge, like, like remember pokes on Facebook? It's kind of like a poke on Facebook. Um, so I, in my opinion, the way I would handle this is that if you didn't, um, receive a interview after a couple of weeks from one of the programs you were interested in or you flagged you kind of you gave them your little poke they didn't respond kind of like your high school crush when you like sent them a little poke and they didn't respond at that point in time I think it would be fine to send them an LOI after a couple of weeks after they've had time to review applications I think that's the important part is that some programs take a long time to review applications because they're looking at things really holistically they're going beyond just screening for a step score and sending applications to the people who had the highest step scores. People, programs are going beyond that now. They're actually reading every application, which means it takes time for them to send out their invites. So if after a couple of weeks, a program hasn't sent an L, hasn't sent you an, an interview, you could address it by saying, dear program so-and-so, I'm very interested, I'm very interested as I showed my interest by flagging your program during the ERAS application. And then including your very specific letter of interest with why you're interested in their program. That's how I would address it. Sherry, would you do anything differently? So I would agree with that. Um, I don't think I have necessarily anything to add in that perspective. Because again, I don't have that. <laughs> I'm not really. Um, I actually will actually have to look more into that flagging, not flagging thing. But it's new this it's new in the past two years there were a couple of specialties that started doing it last year and now more have done it this year it's kind of like a p it's like they're expanding their pdsa cycle <laughs> okay i agree i don't have anything to add unfortunately <laughs> no worries so then next question was how many sentences do you recommend the letter of interest should be i've heard they shouldn't be very lengthy 
I'm long-winded, so. <laughs> you guys are talking to two very long-winded people. I think that it should be, you're, you're floating the line between giving the program as much information as you need to and trying to be concise because programs do get a lot of these emails. And you have to, you have, it has to be long enough that you provide them with all of the information and really express your sincere interest without it feeling formulaic or like you don't really care. But also, don't, send, don't resend them your personal statement. I think the examples that were shared, the example that was shared today is pretty indicative of a kind of a usual letter of interest length. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Um, I, I think you should just, I mean, you don't want it, like you said, you don't want it to be a personal statement. You don't want it to be like a whole page. I mean, half a page, like three paragraphs at max, I think is good enough um, to get your point across. Um, but I, I don't really tie myself to like, oh, well, I, it needs to be just a paragraph or it just needs to be two per- I just did I said okay I'm gonna stay within the three paragraphs half a page yeah I'm stick to yeah um, it, I, I agree and it's gonna be different for each program because right. because you're individualizing these the letters of interest to each program your letter is going to be a different length for each program because your specific things you're referencing are going to be different whether you're talking about family that lives in the area or you're talking about specific things that draw you to that particular hospital. Those are going to be different. Exactly. Next question. Ooh, hopefully, hopefully we get a little bit of debate on this one. Thank you letters, physical mail or email. Thank you. Email. So I, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. I, also sent physical mail um, to some programs, not to all of them. To my like top choices, I wrote a little handwritten note. Okay. But I sent an email first. So I sent an email immediately after the interview, like within the within the 24 hours following the interview. Mm-hmm. And then the same day I would write a little handwritten card to that particular person and mail it to the hospital. Now I did that very infrequently only for my top, top. I think I only did it for like, I think I only sent four or five letters throughout interview season because it was for like two, two interviews, my top two choice interviews. Mm-hmm. And one of them I was interviewed by two people and the other I was interviewed by three. So like I, I did that. I sent physical mail. Mm-hmm. It is not required, necessary. Like, and I only, t- I, I was just, I was really interested in Boston Children's Hospital and the, and they had sent me mail ahead of the interview. So I was like, I have to send the mail back. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I- I didn't really have that opportunity to because mine was actually in the heat of COVID. So no one was actually in office. <laughs> um, so a lot of the people were like in an, an outside office. Not everyone was in the in the same spot. So all of my stuff was literally email. Like even the stuff that we got from like interviewing, I got super late. 
just because of everything that was going on with COVID. Like I had interviewed with University of Mississippi, uh, maybe end of November, early December, and I didn't get it till like February. Yeah. So things are like a lot different then, but I definitely don't see anything wrong with it. If you really want that program, hey, send it. Yeah. That was something I did, but like, don't, you don't have to be like me. I'm a little extra, a little type A, like, don't worry about it. Okay. Then a question from Anonymous for letters of interest, specifically for Gen Surge. Most all programs don't send out interviews until October 26th to 28th. So opinion on sending letter ASAP or wait until after their first round of invites. First round. Yeah, I agree because they've specifically set that deadline of when they're going to send out their first round of interviews because that's like, they need that time to review applications. They've given themselves four weeks to review applications. Mm. So if you send an email beforehand, they may not have gotten to your application yet. Give them a, give them a second, let them breathe. That's Mm. my opinion. Although you are speaking to two people who are not gen surge residents. Yeah. But we both have the same opinion. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Next question. In the letter of interest, should you maybe mention uh, to look at step one versus step two versus step one because of the score jump or just leave it alone? Um, I didn't mention the scores in my letters of interest. Um, I didn't even touch my USMLEs at all because that's not the reason why I'm interested in the program. And I don't think your step scores correlate with how good of a doctor you're going to be. Um, so I brought up the things that made me particularly interested in the program and why I thought they'd be interested in me. Like my clinical skills, my ties to the area, um, why I really liked their hospital, what, spe- what special programs they offered, fellowship opportunities. Mm-hmm. Do you have opinions on step scores and letters of interest? Um, for my letters of interest, I didn't put the score. I just put um, I pass first, like first pass. And that was literally maybe like two or three words. And the rest was like, oh, I have family ties to the area. Um, I've been in this area and I really like the population, what I like about the program. It was like very minute. And the, and the thing is they already see your scores. So I don't think it's like necessary to be like, um, I did this on step one and then step two. They can see that the main thing, a letter of interest is like, Hey, I really, really like your program despite whatever step score or, or GPA or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go ahead or if you want to just say first pass, then fine. If you don't want to, you just want to focus on why you want the program. It's ever how, whichever way, but they can see your scores. They don't necessarily need to be told that again. Yeah. I didn't really want to waste space in my letter, giving them information they already had. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So they already have your step scores. You don't need to send them to them again. Mm -hmm. So Lauren asks, how long after an interview would you send a thank you email? I did mine within 24 hours. Same. I think the longest I waited was 48 hours. And that was because the the interview was on a Friday. And 
it was until like 2 a.m. Irish time Mm -hmm. just because of the time change. Yeah, I think I did 48 hours for one because there was a time change. But other than that, it was literally nine times out of 10, the night of the interview, I would send the thank you letter. Yeah, so I would say 24 to 48 hours max. And 48 hours is even pushing it a little bit. But if it's a weekend, like, I understand. So then Shanice asks, letter of interest template two, do you address all of the people at once or do you like address the PC or the PD? When I wrote my letter of interest, I would usually write, dear program coordinator's name, dear program director's name, and application committee, just so that I encompassed all of them. Because the program coordinator is who I'm sending the email to, because I'm not emailing the program director. I'm not emailing anyone specific. I'm emailing the program coordinator. So they are listed first because they are the one that's actually reading this first. Then I'm addressing the program director because they're the face of the, they're the face of the program. And then I'm also addressing the application committee themselves because you're acknowledging that it takes a whole team of people to to build these residencies and these interviews. Exactly. I agree. hundred um, percent. Anonymous asks, what was the widget from? Oh, that's my little widget at the bottom of my email. I made it on Hub, HubSpot. It's just the email signature widget. Another question about the widget. Um, HubSpot. And then just clarifying, did you address all those persons at once? Yes, we clarified that. Flag, like supplemental app, yes. Sorry, someone's clarifying the flagging thing. So yes, that was in the supplemental applications. In the supplemental applications, you could send like little flags or little pushes that you were interested in particular programs. Mm -hmm. So then Catherine asks, if a program sends an email, Saying that they will send interviews at the end of October, should I send the letter of interest before? So I think we've already addressed this. If they say that they're going to send their interviews by a certain date and not, like, don't email them before that date. Like, I know my program has language on their website that's very specific, saying we send out all of our interviews by, they, they say we send out all of our interviews by this date. Please do not email us about your application unless it's with updates before this date. Mm-hmm. They have very specific language about that written on their website. So you need to be careful not to kind of violate their trust in that way because they are trusting that you're giving them time to review your application. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't even know if they gave you an interview already and you're sending another thing. So it kind of feels like you're being very pushy, trying to rush their process. When they, when they already know what they're doing. So again, letter of interest is after people send out invites, not before. Yes. This is another question about kind of sending invites October 11th. When's the best time to send out letter, letters of interest? So October 11th has already passed. It's been a week since October 11th. I would wait one to two weeks after the program starts sending invites. That was my timeline that I used. And then also, again, looking at the program websites because 
peds as a whole, this is a ped specific thing, Sherry. Um, and I'll just kind of go on a little tangent about peds as a whole decided we would like to kind of all uniformly try and come together to send interviews by October 11th and like have applicants kind of adhere to certain rules and standards, but they're not, they're not actually rules and standards. They were just recommendations outlined by the, um, Association of Pediatric Program Directors, APPD. Um, and one of them was that programs in order to help expedite would try to send out their invites by October 11th. Now, some programs were like, yeah, we can do that. Other programs were like, wait, we do a full holistic review. That's not enough time for us. Mm-hmm. So do not, I would, I would say now that, it, now that that week has passed, you could potentially send out, start sending out letters of interest, but I would wait at least one to two weeks. Okay. That's kind of PED specific. I mean, uh, for me, I wait till after they send out the invites. And if I don't hear anything within two weeks, I send out a letter of interest. Yeah. And again, you're not sending it to every single program on your list. Just your top program choices. For me, at the time, I was couples matching, so I think I sent out a couple more letters of interest than other people did, but that's just because, like, my partner would get an interview, so then I would send a letter of interest, but that's very, like, couples match specific. For my actual, just me and just peds, it was maybe five or ten, because these things take time to write. They take time, they take energy, you do not physically have the brain space to write that many letters of interest and be like specific and compassionate with all of them. Right. So next one is I've talked to some faculty at my dream program prior to sending out an email, email application. Can I email them and encourage them to look at my application? No. <laughs> so you don't want to be too pushy. The the thing is, they have your application. They have 6,000 applications. So imagine if you're sending an extra email, imagine how many other people are sending extra emails. That's like 6,000 plus emails to go through. You guys don't have to send an additional email with your CV, with your your ERAS application attached. There's three main things that you send. You send updates, which is the one line of, hey, my step one is in, or hey, my step two is in, or hey, uh, my letter of recommendation is in. That's a one-liner. That's the update. That's it. Letter of interest. That's for your top programs, not for all of your programs. Your letter of interest is specifically for that program and take your time to write it because it's specific for that program and what you bring to that program. Your letter of intent uh, uh, yeah, letter of intent is um, for the ones that you're going to rank. Some people do number one. Some people do their top two or three. Mm-hmm. And so no, you don't include your ERAS CV in the letter of interest. They have your CV on your ERAS. I think someone asked that. Yes, that was the next question. So like if you've talked to faculty at your dream program, I wouldn't email them directly and encourage them because you may not know if that particular faculty member is on the application committee reviewing applications. So you might just be sending an email out to somebody who can't do anything. You also could be sending somebody an email out to somebody who says, well, we have like a very specific review process we go through. You sending an email isn't going to be helpful. And in fact, it's going to be harmful. So 
I would really encourage you like program coordinators are your best friends during interview season. They are the bedrock of interview season. You can make best friends and worst enemies out of program coordinators. Exactly. So Julia Lai asks for, asks another question. Follow-up question for, for the infrequent physical thank you letter. Did they have different contents compared to your within 24 hour thank you emails? Um, I'll, an I'll answer this one because it's specific to me. Um, the thank you email that I sent was very specific. The thank you letter was also very specific, but they might, they both might reference different things. Um, like the thank you email, I might include a question. I'd include things we talked about. The thank you letter was also very specific, but might've included, it was a little bit more like, I don't know how to phrase it. It was very personal to dear Dr. Smith, like John Smith. This is a name I'm making up. I didn't actually send a letter to anyone named John Smith, but dear Dr. Smith, I really enjoyed our conversation about pediatric cardiology. After our interview, I followed up on that paper that you referenced. Thank you very much for pointing it in that direction. My interviews are all very pizza interviews. I don't know about IM interviews, but pizza interviews are somewhat were somewhat casual last year. Um, we're peds. We get to be fun. Um, hey, I am fun too. <laughs> not saying I am isn't fun. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm just teasing. <laughs> one of my co-interns made a hat out of construction paper for one of his patients today because it was their birthday. Like this is the kind of land. <laughs> Like, well, that's really cute, actually. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting off topic. But the content I included in the two forms of communication, communication was different. Generally, the letter was a bit more lighthearted than the email. The email I considered a more serious form of communication. And the letter I kind of considered to be more of, here's my personal touch. And here's why, here's something about me that makes me me because I love snail mail. I love getting letters and I think that they bring little joy, little joys to my day because when I get a letter, that's not a bill, I get very excited. So <laughs> that's kind of how I viewed it when I was sending that to my program director saying, here's, I want to bring a little bit of joy to your day. That's not a bill. So that's how I phrased it. No problem. We do clarification. And then to clarify for peds, I would, if you're going to send a letter of interest, wait until they've at least, wait until that program's at least sent out another couple of interviews, um, slash, like, if you're going to send them, I would wait a week or two, like, mm -hmm. from, from the date that the interviews started going out. Like, give them time. These people are very busy people. If there's one thing I've learned from now being a resident is that... Like there are residents on these application committees. There are attendings, fellows, there are kind of staff and faculty and they work a full-time, a lot of them full-time clinical jobs on top of reviewing applications. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to be very cognizant that their time is stretched so thin. And if what you're sending them isn't entirely necessary, 
they may not have the bandwidth to really give you the support that you may be looking for. And then you may fall to the wayside and you then become kind of a mental task for them to complete. So it's important. I think it's important to give them time. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And someone asks, is the thank you letter in the mail a thank you card you wrote in? Guys, please don't be sent- like, don't get hit. Go- don't get hung up on sending things in the mail. It was something that I, it was something that I did. Um, and that's just because it like, that's something that makes me, me. Um, I got like blank cards from a local shop in Dublin where I was, where I was living that had like a cute little animal on the front. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what, that's what, that's what I did because it was me. I, those, and I only sent a couple of them. Like, yeah. Yeah, those are all of our questions that we've got. And we're just hitting the one hour mark. So we're hitting time. Mm-hmm. So Sherry, do you have any final thoughts that you want to add? I think we're done answering questions. We're going to sign off, but. Yes, um, I, I just say be very cautious of what the programs want in regards to reaching out to them, whether that is by phone or email. Usually a lot of times they will specify on their website. Um, again, there's three types of letters, which um, Dr. Tar has basically um, done very well in regards to when to send it, how to send it. And she even gave you templates on it. But please, 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 if they have said specifically that they do not want any additional um, messaging, emails, if they already have a CV and it's a prior ERAS, don't send it again. If they already have your step course, don't send it again unless it's an update that wasn't available before. So just take a few breaths, give them a little bit of time. All these these programs, they have all, all these people, nine times out of 10 are still in clinical in clinicals. For example, just last week, I was meeting with the program director because I was a, par- a part of a, basically I have some leadership roles in my program. And we finished the in, the we, the meeting at like seven seven thirty, and she said I won't be leaving until like almost ten o'clock at night because I'm looking through um, interviews. So they and she was at work all day today. She was there from like seven a.m. to ten p.m. So please be mindful of what you are sending. Um, if it's not essential and it's not already on ERAS, please leave it there. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yes. Best of luck to everyone. Um, I hope to provide you all with a little bit of reassurance. We're still very early on in interview season. It is okay if you don't have an interview yet. A lot of programs are still reviewing applications. It is okay. Take a big, deep breath. And everything is going to be fine. Okay. There are lots of people that don't have interviews yet. There are lots of programs that haven't sent their interviews yet. So stay calm. You're going to be fine. And stay tuned for more Match a Resident kind of webinars. There's another one coming up next week. So stay tuned to the Match a Resident Instagram for that. Until then, we will see you guys later. Thank you so much, Dr. Wall. Um, My name is Tara Jameson, and you can find us at our handles here. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Good luck. Bye. Luck.
All right, dear friends, that concludes this episode of the IMG podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and will tune in for upcoming releases. You can learn more by visiting Match Resident on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you. And until next time, take care.